Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. It's today, Rabbi Say is, is JD's mother's yard site. The name is JD, your mom's name? Rachel Bashmuel Leib. And all the Torah that we learn should be an Eli for a precious neshama. I was Zaycha to know JD's mother and to meet her. She was an Isha Chashuva. I Baruch Hashem am Zaycha to do many interviews and I meet many parents. And Yidna are amazing people. I meet incredible parents. I spoke to a father this morning. Who was, who was crying on the phone out of just the sheer, literally crying. I called his son's Rebbe to thank him. He deserved the call. The father was... Tremendous happiness, his son's success. And I was very moved. I've watched this father as a person grow tremendously. And we've seen a lot of amazing parents. But I want to say that when I came out of that interview... She's, she was a tremendous person, Yerushalayim. I walked out of that interview like really uplifted. <coughs> tremendous, tremendous person. Yerushalayim, the word Hashem was very, very real to her. And her, her understanding of her kid, her want for the shtaying of her kid was something that was very, very moving and powerful. We certainly, Rai Browns and myself, get exposed to many amazing parents. And we're increasingly close to the parents. And, and I, we, we, see, we get to see getting our good people. We see amazing stuff. But this specifically, and Jay Dunu and I said this, how much I was moved by her. She was, um, she was somebody, the things that were said about her, what I experienced my son was said about her, the Levaya was like a Levaya for a big Rosh Hashiva. The size of the Levaya was shocking, and big Rabbanim were there and tremendously moved. She was a tremendous person. I had never been to Rav Gissinger's kever, and by her levaya, she's buried right near Rav Gissinger. Did the family have shaykhs? They did have shaykhs. <coughs> Father J.D. Stata has shaykhs to Rav Gissinger. Just she was a person, her husband described the way she made brachas, that there was a period, the birch sashachar in the morning, this was a very sophisticated, intelligent lady. She would say brachas, there was, a, I don't know her whole life. He said for many years she would say brachas. He described, I believe he said for 40 minutes. Is that what you remember? For about 40 minutes to say the brachas in the morning carefully with gratitude to Hashem. She was a bit, a, really an Isha Chashuva. We're Nana today from JD and the person that he is and what he brings to Yeshiva. It's a tremendous, tremendous Eli. We're learning Torah for her neshama. Who JD is, is Klar. The mother of such a son is happy. And the Nachas and the Leah for her neshama and JD's own steigen is for sure very, very serious. Unlike speaking about her, you, some of the guys met her, some, most didn't. If you know JD, you know what I'm talking about. That's an echo of the mama, who was just a kind, big person, a very, very big person. To describe somebody making brachas, the husband said at her levaya that were married X number of years, he said, he said that the levaya, you don't hear her, she never did something, she never raised her voice to me. Wild things. A rub stood up. I'd never seen this in my life. A rub stood up in the crowd during the speech, said, I'm mayor, that it's Emma's. Wild stuff of Tzidkus, of Midas Tavis, of Ruchnis. A Rav stood up in the middle of the Drasha, stood up at Levaya, and from the crowd said, I'm this is true. So, 
just barely a big person, and the Torah will learn some Devrei Torah. It should be an Eloi for her Neshama. She should continue. She should have tremendous Nachas from JD's Mishmash. She'll have tremendous from JD, from his children, his grandchildren. Banim Bnei Ba'am Oiskim B'Tayr V'Mitzvah. She should be, continue to be an Aliyah for her precious Neshama. I want to learn a specific piece in Baloischa with the Chevra. We're traveling in the desert, and Baloischa speaks about our journey in the desert as the Sefer is Sefer Bar Midbar. And it speaks, Klal Yisrael had an Erev Rav. We had this whole group that joined our people. And we had left Mitzrayim, and the whole world stood in awe of Klal Yisrael. The, the, the inhabitants around the world stood in awe of Klal Yisrael. Hashem had displayed very, very publicly his love of Klal Yisrael. And the Ummah saw Hashem's love of Klal Yisrael and were very taken. They were taken by Hashem, and as well, they were taken by Hashem's people. And a lot of Goyim joined. A lot of Goyim joined Klal Yisrael. Interesting, we find this by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, by after our Sinai, that whole max of a lot of Goyim joined the Yidden, and we find this in the Purim story. In the Purim story, Rabbim be Amiratz Mesyadim, many Amiratz, many people from the world, Mesyadim, they adopted Yados. I always wondered why, why, and I'm not sure about this. I'm always Mesopic with the Erev Rab in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And in the story of Purim, did they become Yidin? Were they Megayer? Is the heir of Rab, they were Geirim and they were all from? What it means, Klal Yisrael was supposed to be a light on to the nations. Where Mamleches Kayhanim. What a Kayan is to the rest of Klal Yisrael, that he's an inspiration. Yerim Yaakov. Klal Yisrael is to the world, a light on to the nations. And... And that's, that's Klai Yisrael's role is to be a light on to the nations. And, and I'm always misopic at the times of the greatest Hashras, Hashchina Yehuda. These times were a matzah by Yoimahu They were a time of tremendous Gilu Yishchina. And whenever there's Gilu Yishchina, the whole world is moved. Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu. Today Hashem is our God. But it's going to come a day of such clarity, of such gilu kvayt shemayim. Hashem echad, the whole world will recognize Hashem. So at the times in history of the most gilu shechina, and the and the ones who are part of that gilu shechina, Klal Yisrael, and when Klal Yisrael does its job, there's a rabbi me'ami arts misyadim goyim become closer to yados. I'm not sure if the Eir Rav were Megayer. It's not pushed by me that the Eir of Rav were all Geirim. I've seen different... I have seen Lashinus and Rashinim that they were Megayer. I'm not clear that everybody learns that even in gear, there's all different types of gear. There's a Geir Teishev. There are types of Geirim that are not Mamish Yidin. And when it speaks about the Erev Rav and everybody being impacted, it could be they became Geirim and it could be some of them became Geirim. It's also Shaykh that Klal Yisrael was impacting and Goyim saw Yidin living with, living with Hashem, living in the proper way. And that elevated, that elevated Goyim. And we find that whenever there's powerful Ashra, Sashchina, Goyim are impacted. Goyim are very impacted. My picture of this, we used to have an Einig Shabbos every Friday night in, in the house next to Alan's. 
And weekly, Alan would come to the Ayin. Weekly, he would stand. He would put a chair by the by the window, put a chair there by the weekly. Put a chair there. He would. He was enjoying. He was gaining. He was growing from the matziv. And whenever there's ashra sashchina. Whenever there's sincerity, whenever there's authenticity, so we had a teacher in the school who hasn't been, who's not here this year. He was the original basketball coach, a teacher, Dave Rosa. He was very, very moved and grew closer to Hashem from the yeshiva. It's pashat like that. Whenever there's Ashra Sashchina, a guy could see also. A guy senses also and sees. All the G'daylam in Europe, it was Yadua, the, the, the Panovich Rav. The whole city was awed by the Panovich Rav. He was a matzav and created a matzav asra sashchina that moves the guy. Goyim are human beings also, it's Elam Alekim. And they sense that which is authentic. So here, the Klal Yisrael had people join. They were called the Erev Rav. I don't know if they were gay or mamish. I, I don't know if everybody, and even the Rishonim that use the word Geirim, is it the picture of a Geir? If they're a Geiris, there's no Erev Rav, they're Klal Yisrael. A Geiris, Kikot and Shanoilad, a new child, Mazel Tov, there's a new child in Klal Yisrael. I don't know if they were Geirim, if we'd call them Erev Rav. If they're Geirim, so it's not a Yid. Erev Rav is a different Mitzayos, and it's a very complicated Mitzayos, because we're supposed to inspire the guy, yet remain separate from the guy. It's a very complicated mitzvah. It's very confusing to many because it almost looks, are we putting down chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom. We're interested in uplifting just from a distance because we have to be loyal to our mission. Kedoshim tiyo means muvdalim. So we have to remain separate a yid, but ever, ever caring that the world serves Hashem. Our holiest days of the year, we're davening the yasayu kulam agu da'achas. We daven for the whole world to serve Hashem. Any person who pays attention to the davening on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur sees that the world's steiging and the world's godliness matters. I have a chaver who's a very, very big Yari Shemaim. He's a person, he's very close to Hashem. He's a serious Yid. It always like gets me how much he cares about Goyim and the world. Because we're separate, it always gets me. He's so attuned and sensitive. The Chavetz Chaim famously, there was some like mudslide in Mexico. They say the Chavetz Chaim was like not, was, was, had a tremendous, was a tremendous sir. He cared about the Matzah by Goyim tremendously. Anybody who seems to pay attention to davening on the holiest day of the year sees that we're davening a lot for the world. Anybody who says Kriyashma sees that twice daily, sees we're anticipating. By, we're anticipating Hashem Echad, there'll be a day. Rashi says Hashem Echad, means today we serve Hashem, there'll be a day. The Goyim also serve Hashem. So that's the Erev Rav. And the Erev Rav it started getting, having a very difficult time in the desert. Hisavu Taiva, they desired a desire. They had a very difficult time living with the Ruchniyastik Amatzim in the desert. They wanted more physical. Ruchnius is wonderful. It's a tremendous life. People have bodies. And there's a chachma how to live in a matzav of ruchnius. What happens to the entirety of a person? And the Erev Ravut, it fascinates me because they're attached to us. Are they us? And they struggled in the Midbar. The Midbar was a very holy existence. We're surviving on mun, on this spiritual food. You could eat a little and you're satisfied. You don't use the facilities. Barely physical existence in the Midbar. And we're learning 40 years with Maishu Rabbeinu. It was a very elevated existence. And we're mamish living with Bariyalim. 
People are not going to work. What people do all day? They were studying Hashem's Torah day and night. Collectively, as an Ummah, we were living with Hashem. Once we got there to Israel, people were working the fields. So we were living with Hashem, but our, there was physical avayda. The body's job in the desert was kulay kafuf to rochnes. And so the food was barely physical food. The food was man, was spiritual food. And you had these Erev Rav, these Goyim who attached themselves to us, who were struggling. Hisavu Taiva, they had a desire to have a desire. You know, Barker says he wants to want. They wanted a want on bad stuff. Hisavu Taiva, like they desired a desire. They were struggled with this existence, like where's, where's my body? You have this Ummah living so holy, so pure, they like their, their bodies were calling out. And then it says, and they complained. And then it says, the Torah tells us, Vayivku Gam B'nei Yisrael. Klal Yisrael also started complaining. This is a very important thing to know about, not what I want to focus primarily right now, that negativity is very, very catchy. It's a highly contagious illness. During COVID, we became aware of like what's contagious. Illnesses, we all got much more sensitive. In yeshiva, we like forgot about COVID. This week, Chashvi Isha came with a mask. During COVID, we didn't see many masks. So it was like a reminder of COVID. But, but we, in that time, the world, we all became very aware of what's catchy, what's not. I remember early in COVID that if a bacher came to visit, you didn't shake hands. We had a foot handshake. You kicked feet like Pasha to be very careful. Mamish at the beginning. I remember the like there was a certain the handshake was you kick you you you, you put out your foot, Pasha. That was the the handshake when guys came over. So, catchy diseases is on our was became on our conscious. The most from the most catchy diseases is negativity. Negativity is a, is a dangerous thing. In the Jewish army, and in, the importance of an army being confident, being b'teach and Hashem is, is the whole difference. <laughs> the reason we, we always prevail is because of our emuna. And in the war, it's very important that all the soldiers live with faith. And if there's one soldier who lost faith, he doesn't have faith. Probably because his own insecurities. I have Averis. He's Messiari me Averis Shabiyadai. The Svasema says it doesn't mean that he has Averis. He has contradictions in the Gemara. The Svasema says that the, this soldier who's very dangerous, he feels because of his Averis that he's puzzled. He's wrong, of course. Shem loves him. He's the Am Hashem. But he's Messiari me Averis Shabiyadai, says the Svasema. He's convinced that his Averis have passed him. He's convinced that he's a Shvacha guy. He's very dangerous at war. But yet has to know you're the Am Hashem. You made mistakes, you're still the Am. You're not out. You're the Am Hashem. You're the Am Hashem. Let's go. You're the Am Hashem. You're in. You're very, very in. If you have one soldier who's that he walks around like not confident, I have so many sins, he doesn't have almost, I don't want to say the arrogance because there's a negative connotation. I want to say the superior confidence, the prestige, the dignity to walk a soldier in the army of Hashem. That the soldiers were powerful. They were, they were baiteach. They trusted in Hashem and they knew we're from, we have Hashem Yolachim and Hashem fights for us. They knew we have Hashem with us. It's not, 
We have Hashem with us. The enemies could do a lot of things. They don't succeed. Hashem's with us. And a soldier at that camp, you see an army of people, how they would look knowing we're, we're, we're Hashem's nation. How they would look. And you have one soldier who's he lost his sense of value and purpose. He has a shame. And that soldier is very, very dangerous because the Torah describes pem yimas levavchem kilvavoy. If you have one guy, the word yimas maybe means melted. If one guy's heart is melted, one guy is nervous, is negative, is down, it's very dangerous, a catchy illness. One guy negative can affect other people. Negativity is very, very catchy. One guy could say, we've studied the story of Reb Miller. I want to repeat it on this Erev Shabbos, I want to repeat the story of Reb Miller. I appreciate this story a lot. Reb Miller had a grandson, Reb Bragg, who was very, very close, one of the closest people in the world to Reb Miller. As we know a lot about Reb Miller from Reb Bragg. Reb, Miller, Reb Bragg hid. He was a grandson of Reb Miller, and he hid in Reb Miller's house and hid and experienced things from Reb Miller that no human being saw. He hid under Reb Miller's desk once and witnessed a lot of stuff. So we have a lot of cool... Avi, we learned a lot of cool stuff about Reb Miller from his anical Reb Bragg. My friend Rabbi Kilsen Shlit is very close to Reb Bragg. So I have like a lot of in, cool stuff that I've heard about Reb Miller. Reb Bragg would hide out, he'd follow Reb Miller. So Reb Bragg walks into his aide's house, Reb Victor Miller's house, one, one summer day. And a very odd scene greeted him. One of the G'dayle Adar, Rav Vigda Miller, K'tzais Balpeh, the sink, is, the kitchen sink is filled to the top, it's plugged up, the water is to the top, and Rev Miller's head is dunked in the kitchen sink. He walks in, and Rev Miller's head is sitting in the kitchen sink. A very strange Mara greeted Rev Bragg. He's wondering, he's seen his aide as like an interesting Ever Hashem. This is a weird one. His aide is swimming. I, I, I understand. I say maybe that's like the pool of Brooklyn. We're in Durham. We have this beautiful pool. In Brooklyn, they, they, people have different type of properties. So his aide, like an interesting swimming pool, his head's in the kitchen sink. He pulls it out after a little while. He just like breathes in. He pushed, wasn't breathing. His head was in the kitchen sink. He asked his aide, what's going on? What in the world? Says so Zayda said he was walking the streets in New York, and somebody set out a line fetched about the air. So humid. <clears throat> somebody like knocked the air. And Reb Miller was worried that it would impact him. He was, somebody, he was very much sensitive to the kindness of Hashem. Somebody was negative. And he felt that that line would impact him, that he'd walk around. Oh, it's taka humid. Oh, he's fetching. So he immediately got home from that walk, put his head in the sink, couldn't breathe, and pulled it out. <sighs> For every neshim, I thank you, Hashem. For every breath, Hashem, your air is wonderful. So he wanted to experience quickly how precious air is. So he put his head in the sink, pulled it out, <gasps> filled his lungs, that delicious feeling of filling your lungs with Hashem's precious air. And he was makitayv. But Reb Miller lived with an awareness of how dangerous negativity is. And in the Midbar, the Erev Rav, the people that joined us to try to be inspired, to try to, to, try to feel what Klai Yisrael was feeling, to try to live with Ashra Sashrina, 
and they had difficulty, and they started fetching, and it caught, it was catching. And it, it caught on, Vayivku Gambene Yisrael. Klal Yisrael started crying also. Influence is powerful, negativity is powerful. It's interesting, people on Goyish music, people talk about the dangers of the lyrics of Goyim, and they certainly speak Pritzos. I, I wonder that a lot of the negativity, a lot of the negative view, the dark view of the world is dangerous. That's an Erev Rav, Isavu Taiva, that are, that are struggling to live a certain way. They're much more subtle, and the subtle things are more dangerous than the overt things. People talk about movies, Goyish movies. Certainly the open, the preachers, of course that's bad, but there's much more. If a guy, he turns it off by the bad parts. But there's, there's, there's impact in much more subtle things that are probably more dangerous because you're not, there's no guard, there's no defense system. Your defenses aren't up. A person's defensive. The openly stuff that's inappropriate, per se, my defenses go up. But the stuff that I don't see as such... But, but there's different attitudes. A yid has a different attitude. He's trying to produce something different. And here the Erev Rav, Hisavu Taiva, Vayashuvu Vayivku Gambene Yisrael. All of a sudden, Klal Yisrael is crying. It's funny, when you give a shear, you, you observe different things. I observe, I, I happen to be fascinated how yawns are catchy. If you ever see one guy yawn, you'll see, th- I look quickly, you'll see three other people yawning. It amazes me because they don't even see each other. A guy here will yawn, a guy there yawn. I'm not even sure he saw, he didn't see him yawn. Somehow, yawns are catchy, it's mind-blowing. But it's a very good visual that there's so much, the subconscious is more powerful than the conscious. The conscience, you can make a cheshbin, the subconscious is very powerful. The guy in front of you yawns and you yawn. Two guys you once forget it, two other guys. <laughs> Do you ever, you ever get a chance to sit in the front? Sit next to me once, join me and Mo, and just stare at it. Wait for one yawn, a gazun to yawn. You'll quickly see three other guys yawn. It's never less than four, but it doesn't happen. Sometimes it can spread further. No, good one, six guys yawn. There could be a lot of yawns. <laughs> depends how long I'm going, maybe. It depends how tired the island is. Lemay said it's a very important visual because we experience things and it impacts us without us knowing it. And that catchy yawn is good to know about impact and how things impact. And this, not to feel, not to have a sense, not things don't impact me. I don't even know, did, was Klal Yisrael conscious? I don't even know, Zach. Did Klal Yisrael know that's why they quetched? Doesn't, doesn't say that. It's the way the Torah words it is cool. The Erev Rav that was in Klal Yisrael Lesavu Taiva Vayashuva Vayivku Gam Yisrael and Mitamol Klal Yisrael is crying. The Erev Rav is frustrated by the Matziv and next thing you know Klal Yisrael is crying. But such is the power. There was negativity. There was a... Reb Miller was sensitive. Big people are sensitive to subtlety. He passed by. A guy is being negative. As was. He was worried it would impact him. He was worried it would have a negative impact. And as such, he... I spoke about Bensi yesterday. I was talking about the power of, of impact. That's subtle. It's often more powerful than what's overt, than what's obvious. Subtle impacts are big. I was talking last night to a therapist and he was describing in youth, 
He told me, Dvarim Niflon, about a healthy parent. There's so many madregas. What a kid learns from the most subtle movements of a mama, of a tata, at young ages, when you're forming. He described in detail attachment issues people have from not seeing the right support, the right look. It, I'm not saying to, anybody should make themselves crazy as a parent one day. We have to be normal. I am saying that at your ages, you should make yourself crazy to be normal and develop, to work through. Because our impact in subtle, subtle ways of a person's nishkazunt, a person's not confident and secure and comfortable with himself, that could be subtle impact. That's very, very extreme. That doesn't mean somebody's lost for life. It means that's their nesayin. But our job is to hand the best possible to our And subtlety matters, matters a lot. And here, the air of Rav was, was negative. And mitamol, all of a sudden, vayeshuvu vayivku gam b'nei Yisrael. Klai Yisrael started crying. Vayayimru. And Klal Yisrael said as follows. They said, Who's going to give us meat? They wanted meat. And then they say something that I want to speak about today. We remember the free fish of Egypt. If Literally, uh, uh, this is like, like moments before our prayer. I want you to remember free fish of Egypt. The rest of your life, when you're 30, 60, 90, the free fish of Egypt. And they complain that in Mitzrayim, oh, that free fish. Oh, the free fish. <laughs> the free fish of Egypt. That's what Klai Yisrael says. We remember the Daga shall Nechel Mitzrayim Chinam. Remember all the free fish? And Klai Yisrael sat in the desert remembering the free fish of Egypt. Now Rashi asks, free fish? The Mitzrayim didn't give us anything for free. Rashi asked that they made us earn Tevin. They didn't even give Pare said, don't give them straw. If they didn't give us straw, there was no free fish, Rashi says. But the Helga Ramban, so Rashi says a different shot. They didn't give us, there were no freebies. The Ramban argues on Rashi. And the Ramban says they gave us free fish. Mitzrayim had delicious free fish. I picture the Bachar, no fires in Durham, none, 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 never. But I, I picture a Bachar taking a tuna can. I, this was a fad for a while. The tuna can on fire, and he, he like lights the tuna can, and then he eats it. Is that still in? For a while, that was like raging. Uh, that's how his father owned the company of it. Yeah, it was a raging fad for a while. This tuna, they would like, you've seen this? What? Smoke, you've seen this? It was a fad. It was a fad. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't even say, if it wasn't the last day of this man, I wouldn't even joke about it. A fire here is like, it's PTSD. It's just no joking about fires, I feel. But they used to, you saw when it was a fad, Johnny. You know? <laughs> he means that Miller's Pond. He means that Miller's Pond. <laughs> It works with it works with the water tuna, but after the oil, that's the burn. I feel I feel okay. The oil tuna. I always work. I like the water tuna. You tiny the oil tuna to light it. Really, the difference. That sounds fancy. That, that sounds fancy. Cheaper. You don't even know. What? It could be the cheaper one. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Sounds fancy. The kitzur advarim is is the free fish in Mitzrayim that Klai Yisrael remembered. The Ramban said they takagat free fish. The Ramban says the fish was free in Egypt. And he says, if you wonder, they didn't pay for Tevin. The Ramban says they had the Nile. There was tremendous amount of fish. 
And Mitzrayim, you got free fish. There was an abundance of fish. They had a reason to feed their avadim. The production of the Eved, they made them work. It's interesting. The Ramban doesn't answer Rav Avram, right? He doesn't answer Rashi's Kashiganai. Rashi asks, Tevin, they don't get for free. And fish, they get for free. Fish is fancy, Avi. Well, fish is much fancier. Free straw, they don't get. Rashi's Kashi. Interesting, the Ramban doesn't head on address Rashi's Kasha. Rashi's asking a Baham Kashi order. The Ramban does, he just argues on Rashi. The Ramban says, Kifip Shuta, I disagree with Rashi. They had free fish, Ariel. Now, you don't know how important the free fish of Mitzrayim is. I want everybody to hear this. Maish, you have to hear, Chaimo, you have to hear about the free fish of Egypt. I walked away from Shloimaseum last night and I ran home. And I ran to the Ramban. I needed to see the Ramban. I was very moved by Shlomo Grimald. I was moved by him. He was a man who busted it, who put all he worked his head off and to, to learn, to steig. Pasha, he, he did things that were hard. Did things that, we always say try hard. It's a lot of trying hard is effort, is hours of diligence, and out of comfort zone. It's expressing what we're afraid to express. Visiting where we're afraid to visit, working through what we're that's also part of our mainless, part of overcoming. Shlima brought it. He made a bentaira, tifa bentaira. I needed to go home. I looked up the Ramban right away, the free fish in Egypt. I want every guy here to walk away from this man, think about the free fish of Egypt. It's relevant to all our lives. We all have the free fish. I promise, America's loaded with the free fish of Egypt. It's like rampant. It's all over the streets. <laughs> the free fish. Of, what's the free fish of Egypt, my friends? Now, Rashi's cash is wonderful. That's a good thing to think about. They didn't even give us tevin, but fish they gave us for free. What in the world is the free fish of Egypt? So please listen, Rabbi say. There's a Gemara in Baba Kamla. The Gemara says, Asya da Asya b'magin magin shave. A doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. If you don't pay for a doctor, it's not worth anything. I got a shear in this. That which is free is worth nothing. That which you don't work for is not where you have to pay for something. You want everything good in our lives, you got to pay. You want a good marriage, you want a good wife, and a good marriage, put in. Invest hard, hard. Invest time. Energy, focus, come out of your comfort zone. You want good children, invest. Invest hard, heavy, a lot. Put in tons, put in tons, invest. Everything precious cost. If you don't put in, a doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. I have a dentist. I happen to have a beautiful relationship with my dentist. And my dentist, his daughter lived by my wife and I. She became from She's married. She has a beautiful family. Her husband's a tire Ben Tyre, learned in Kerl a number of years. Fiery Ben Tyre, they have a beautiful mishpacha. My dentist is on, is on the journey. He's in the middle. Baruch Hashem, his daughter lived by, we were Zeicha, she lived by us. My wife had met my dentist, his wife. They both taught in the public schools. My wife's a speech therapist. She was a different type of therapist. They became friends. Her daughter moved us. A long story. So I have a wonderful dentist. He's a good friend. He's a huge sports fan. He with Darshan about Steph right now. He's like the biggest sports fan around. A very good athlete himself. Very cool guy. Lemaisa, Lemaisa, my mishpacha heard about a dentist that was free. And there's a dentist, intriguing. It is a far trip to my dentist. I'm not the most money conscious. Being an usher, I'm not so worried about money. Not my big focus. 
But Lemaisa was a dentist that was local, that was free. What was the deal? He works for a university, he's a student, and if you let a student treat you, so then they treat you for free, because they need to get experience, they need to work, they want them to do live work. So this dentist was going to work on my teeth for free. His Rebbe, the, 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 the teacher's there, is in, in and out of the room, Yitzim and Echnas. He walks in and out like a mashkiah chaza, and he watches, and his students, people are there, and the students, are, they obviously have a certain level training, and this they give, and free work. So my wife and I thought, Gival, I don't have to travel to New Haven, Geshmak, it's local. It was at a local Yukon, Geshmak, you get free dentistry. Oh, did I have a sheer clully in Babakama, that a doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. In my life, I don't think I ever experienced more physical pain in my life. The guy during the procedure, during his thing, was like, mum, like murmuring to himself. It was very frustrating. <laughs> when your doctor's murmuring, that alone is very scary. This is zero guzma, zero. I remember we were in my mouth. He was drilling and the drill got caught in my mouth. He couldn't get it out. He's pulling. He asked me to hold it while he ran to get his doctor so he could help get it out. When they pulled out the drill, I was crying. And I said, no mas. There's a famous boxer, Roberto Duran, in the middle of a fight, sat on the side and he said, no mas. Like, he's not fighting anymore. He just refused to fight the next round. I was like, no mas. I just, in the middle of the procedure, the guy said, we're in the middle. The, the Rebbe will take, I don't want the Rebbe, I don't want the Talmud. Like... <laughs> I left. I pushed it, sat in my car. I couldn't drive home. I asked him what I should do. I couldn't leave the car. The world was like spinning. It was the middle of a procedure. But once they got the drill out, Adkan, <laughs> and the guy pushed it, the drill tzvi got caught in the mouth. He couldn't pull out the drill. He needed help from his other guy to get the drill out. And I learned that there was like a sheer clully in Baba Kama. The guy Mamish was teaching Baba Kama. A doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. You want something good, you got to pay for it. You want something good, you got to pay for it. We watched the Siyumim, Shloim Siyum, Akiva Siyum, Akiva Siyum, Aryeh Siyum, and anybody looks at that Siyum, you see something precious, somebody walked away with a Masech, you want something good, you got to pay for it. You got to invest, you want something good, pay for it, put in, invest. A doctor who heals for nothing is worth nothing. I want to say Mitzrayim represents a place of stuck. And it's a place full of taiva, full of physicality, full of desires. And if a guy wants this, Mitzrayim's the city of free fish. There's fish there, there's some free stuff there. But it's kishmak, but I like it. There's free fish. We all have free fish in our life. But if you want something more, but if you want to get out of Egypt and you're looking for something more, you got to give up the free fish. In the desert, there ain't no free fish. I'm sorry to say it's slang, but... In the desert, there's no free fish, my friends. Not how des- that's not how a world of elevation, a world of freedom, a world of accomplishment, a world where a human being is headed somewhere, and he's left Mitzrayim, he's left in the... Ca- but in a, in a way, there's something Klal Yisrael was saying, and they shrug remembering the free fish of Egypt. There, is, there always is free fish in Mitzrayim. And there's always versions of free fish in Egypt. That life of Efkeris, that life, but you're not going, but you're in Mitzrayim. The irony, the irony of the Yidden talking about the free fish of Egypt, Mitzrayim was horrific. We were trapped and stuck and headed nowhere, no tomorrow, no, no place we can go, but there was free fish there. 
And you always can remember the free fish of Mitzrayim. And the Yitzhar will always remind the person that there was free fish there. And there is, everybody should know there's free fish in Mitzrayim. It's true. <laughs> you picture the guy in yeshiva, you picture two roommates, and one guy's like fighting and growing. He is giving up the free fish, let's be honest. Another guy's sitting, the free fish on the cell phone. This is like a world of free fish. It's like, there's tons, this is like a world of free fish. Like there's tons of the Nile is does the free fish flow very they flow a lot. There's a lot of free fish. <laughs> the free fish of Mitzrayim. It's interesting to me. Fish to me represents. I don't want to get into diets and stuff and manly not. And I'm a guy who likes fish. A nice salmon, tuna, geschmack. Fish is wonderful. Guys like sushi. Fish is wonderful. But there's a degree. Basa represents. Basa, it doesn't say in Simchel the dagam It says in Simchel the basa It doesn't say dagam biyayin. Dog represents like the replacement. In the nine days you have fish. Fish is the replacement to basar. Basar is the soda. And when there's no basar, you have dagam. In Mitzrayim, there's free dagam. In Mitzrayim, there's free dogim. If you want dogim and you suffice with dogim, and remember, it's free fish. It's so, it's so cool that it's free fish. There's free fish, or, or, or maybe you want more. Maybe there's something else you want. And in, in the desert, it, when, there's, when there's work, when there's toil, it's interesting because we had mun, but there was amelus. There was amelus. It mattered. Rashi brings that it mattered the mice and taivim of a person. There was toil to get it. We were living with Amelus. We were living with Hashem. It says that picking up the man depended on your maizim. But the, the existence of the Midbar was a new existence. And that new existence didn't have the free fish of Egypt. It was different. And sitting in the desert, working and growing with a tremendous simcha, but it tickled us. The air of Rav had a taiva, and then it tickled us, the free fish of Egypt. We remember the free fish of Egypt. We did remember that free fish. There is free fish, and it's true that in the new existence doesn't have the free fish. It has a different type of thing. It has a world of toil, of earn it, of accomplish, of bring yourself somewhere. And people could wistfully, don't, nobody, by the way, in a way it's a chizik. Nobody should feel puzzled if you remember the free fish of Egypt. We have to remember the free fish of Egypt and remember that, but you're still in Egypt. Yeah, they're free, but it, it, it's a truth, they're free fish in Egypt. But you're still in Egypt, where you're headed, where you're going. And, and this is what Klal Yisrael fell into this trap, that they, that they remembered that, that this, the free fish of Egypt tickled their memory, and they, and they cried about the, remembering they're leaving the free fish of Egypt. Yeah. At the Hadra, at the beautiful Hadrons. So I loved the last night. We got the guy said the Hadron and we got to cheer and we got to the contrast. We got the cheers and the booze. Anu Amelum Vehem Amelum. We got the cheer, the Anu Amelum, Kabun Sakhar, that there's a that a person toils and puts in and gets khar. There's gain for the toil. A person's amal and their gains for the toil. Their gains Anu Amelum of Kabun Sakhar. We toil, we invest, we put in, and there's schar, there's tremendous gains on the Amelus. It's known to us all the famous Chavetz Chaim, how he spoke about that there's payment, there's schar for the, for the Amelus. 
I ask the guys not just to view, please don't just view schar like you get prizes from Hashem. Schar, when we speak about schar, the kesher and the closeness and the kesher to Hashem that we acquire through mitzvahs, the amelus is the ikr. If you can press a button and get it easy, you'd lose out on the, on the steiging. The amelus and the journey and the difficulty and the overcoming, is, is, that, that itself is what brings such greatness. That itself is what's mekadashem shamayim. That itself is what elevates a person. The very difficulty, the very toil and work and overcoming is what produces the greatness. Anu amelum We are amal and that itself gives us the schar. Anu Ameilum, that's like the hepech. Anu Ameilum and Mukabun Sacher is Kineged, the free fish of Egypt. Rashi says, Chinam in Amitzvahs. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I have to harv on Rashi more. I have to harv. It could be. It could be. I, I'll be honest, I didn't harv on it yet. I hear what you're saying. I wasn't on the one yet. But I hear what you're saying. Rashi says, Chinam in Amitzvahs. Rashi has another. The existence. They have to think about what existence they had. But what this... The Sifzecham learns very similar to that. It's true. It's true. He learns, yeah, basically the same. He learns that in Mitzrayim, that it wasn't tied to Maisim, the, the things you got. So it's funny, the Chinam and HaMitzvah is not free that the Egyptians gave it to us for free. Hashem gave us Mitzrayim. It wasn't linked to our Maisim. We didn't live, they didn't want to live like that, that it's linked to our Maisim, It's very interesting. They like the Mitzrayim model. It's not linked to our Gashmis. Our you get is... All of a sudden, that the, you're such a ruchni, such an ish ruchni, that kindness of Hashem, that he affects the gashmias to ruchnius. They didn't do. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Rashi is a fascinating shot. But we're, we're saying the Ramban learns kipshutai. Ramban learns kipshutai. The Mitzrayim gave us free fish. Mitzrayim always, they hold you there with free fish. That's how they keep you there. Of course, they give theirs. If they didn't give free fish, everybody would bust out. That's part of the challenge, the free fish of Egypt. That's how they keep you. That's how I would answer Rashi's kashashmuli. Rashi has Tevin, they didn't give you for free. said, fish, they do. The answer is that's how they keep the... How do they keep people there? They give them free fish. <laughs> They're very smart. The Tevin, the, the memel you produce, they only give you what's needed to keep you there. If you need, say, Nechanami, Rashi has a cash. They didn't give us Tevin. They give fish. is more expensive. They know what to give. They know how to keep us there. The free fish is what keeps us there. We have to remember that that but you 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 blind the Mitzrayim if you take the fish of Mitzrayim. Go for the meat, go for the man, go for the home run. Don't 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 settle for that. There's better stuff. I want. I saw Ravram came in. We're zayichet that there's somebody Avi's uncle. You called both names of Avram or just? Rav Ramayshe. Beautiful name. Rav Ramayshe came in from far to be with us. I want to, it means a lot that he's here. It means, it means a tremendous amount that he's here. It means a lot. He, he's listened to the shiurim. Anything that I share with the guys that's valuable came from people, came from people that I got it from. I was Zaycha to learn by a Rebbe who, who shared a lot with me I'm Zaychet to have a father, Baruch Hashem, 
who impacted my life a lot, and anything that, that the Hever got is attributed to them, is attributed to people who, who handed me Tyra, who handed me an appreciation for Tyra, and taught me what the Tyra, and taught me, gave me a mahalach what the Tyra sang. I want to express appreciation to them for that. I want to ask, he, he learned with Mayer this morning, so we start with song, in the middle we have song, is Mayer, is Mayer here now? Oh, so we can't rely on Mayor. We'll, we'll, we'll do the music together. I want to ask the guys, but we sound much better when we're closer together. Shui, Uri, Avrami, if guys come closer, let's sing something together. Novi, welcome back. <laughs> I want to do Vihine Hashem and ask Luzi, start Luzi Kios Vihine Hashem. Let's go.
One kayol, and then we'll close it. One kayol, Chaim Sviki, you start us up, kayol. Kayol, Taroy, Alafim, Hebroim, Kayol, Taroy, Alafim, Hebroim, Kenafshi, Kenafshi, How's the throat, Yosef? So so. <laughs> if you if you and Momo and Luzi do the Shabbos song for us, then this Shabbos will all have it better, guys. I have it, but I think we can have it even better. You want to try Yosef, or it's not good for the throat? Hine. 
Could we try, Yosef? <laughs> Momo, could you sit next to Yosef? Let me look, let me look, let's see if I can find it. Is it in that, is it in the Tefillah before, yeah, one second. What page? Ah, uh, very good.
beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Yosef. Everybody likes Ani Kirvis. Sit next to me. We'll sing Ani Kirvis till the end of time. Sit next to me. Let's go. Yosef, you'll start us. Vani Kirvaseli Kimli Toiv. Hey, hey, hey. 
if somebody will close in two minutes, if somebody would observe the Jewish scene today, they would definitely see more youngsters. A superficial version of what we're seeing is Shabbos is a precious gift of Klal Yisrael. It's a precious, precious gift. It's a day a Jew's essence announces the existence of his creator. In a certain, we, we've discussed many times, Shabbos is our base Amigdash. It's a time that a Yid's existence, by what he's doing, by who he's being, by his actions and inactions, he's announcing the existence of his creator. On Shabbos, a Yid is like openly living with Hashem. And his very actions and, and inactions are saying and announcing to a creator that Hashem's the creator of the universe. The Yid stops doing malacha, and he's announcing the real creator is Hashem. And in his inactivity, is saying something. The whole Shabbos, you don't have to do something to be inactive. And every minute he's inactive, he's screaming something, he's shouting. <coughs> that famous song, The Sound of Silence, the Yid's silence on Shabbos is so loud, he's saying something. And his inactivity says Hashem's the creator. The Bariolam is the creator. And he's announcing Hashem is the creator. The Yid makes Kiddush on Shabbos. He announces with his family, he announces Hashem is the creator of the universe. And anybody would know that always Shabbos is a precious gift for Klal Yisrael. Comes people and they see youngsters, they see youngsters desecrating Shabbos, struggling with Shabbos. And somebody would almost define our age that there's like a rebellion against Shabbos. And I want to say that I see actually a march toward Shabbos. I think in the youth of today, somebody can observe Shabbos and you can see maybe a youngster behind one of the dorms and you see what goes on in the Beismash in the dining room. I want to say what's going on behind the dorm is somebody who's craving Shabbos. There's an age and a generation that's saying that I want the connections. I want the connections that is Shabbos, the connection to Hashem. I'm not willing to just be a superficial, do what you're supposed to, kid. Do what you're supposed to, behave. There's a generation screaming that I can't, I can't. I can't just behave. I can't just do what I'm supposed to, I can't. Guys had in the question and answer, right, sun and shine, it was becoming a whole discussion, Ines, not Ines, could I do something about it? The only path to Shmira Shabbos is to find the connection that is Shabbos. There's a yearning and a calling out for Shabbos. Shlomo described there are two people who keep Shabbos. There's a guy who says, I was Shomer this week. And I'm not mocking that. He means he white-knuckled it. And that's valuable. Of course, the person has to be loyal to Hashem's law, most definitely. But that, then, in, in that type of Shabbos, somebody can clarify an Ines or not. Informing a connection, informing a Shabbos that's beautiful, that's that's comfortable, that the person's Shabbos is singing his mirrors. Singing the Zmiris of Shabbos Kodesh is, is bonding friendship and connection and coming together with his people. He's connecting well. He's part of an Ummah that's asked to be the nation of... We're the nation, we're the Amikad Sheshvi. Klal Yisrael has different names. One of our names, which a name is our identity, is we're Mikad Sheshvi. 
I told you about that gentleman who like fell close. He said, I'm a fellow phylacrity wearer. Shmira Shabbos is an identity, who we are. Shlomo brilliantly said to me, Shlomo Greenwald, the Shabbos he has doesn't change his Shabbos, it changes his Tuesday. The Shabbos we're talking is a different Tuesday. You're a Shabbos observer. There's something you're connected to. There's something that you're that you're embracing, that you're that you're doing. There's something you're part of. You're an Am Mikad Shvi. You're part of a nation that's Mikad Shvi. Those loyalists that sanctify the seventh day. Those loyalists that all week they work all week, but their work is different because they're Mikad Shvi. They work differently. Their work is much more honest. Because the Mikad Shvi, they realize Hashem in charge. Their work has much more Amuna mixed in, because the Mikad Shvi, they recognize even in the six days of work, even when a person's doing, Hashem gives the, the Chayel, the strength. He gives the Kayach, and Hashem is the one, is the one doing, is the real creator. And the observer of Shabbos is different on Wednesday, his Wednesday is different. To me, it's so obvious that there's a generation calling out for Shabbos. I hear, to, uh, I think it's a very shallow view that we have a nation that's running from Shabbos. I happen to see a nation that's running towards Shabbos. And I think the struggle with Shabbos is because we want Shabbos. The struggle is we're not willing to accept the Shabbos that's not Shabbos. There's a generation that's rebelling from something. They're rejecting something. I once heard there's a famous guy, there's a famous singer who, who he said he rejected Frumkite and he described the Frumkite he rejected. He rejected everything you and I would reject. He rejected corruption. He just didn't know what Frumkite was. He rejected a zeal of Torah. He just didn't, he didn't connect to a reality of Torah. And the generation that's struggling certainly were not condoning and Shabbos is untouchable, Kedusha Shabbos, and the halachas of Shabbos that are so chamer, 100%. It's only a question of what we're seeing, of observing what we're seeing. And to me, what we're seeing is a generation that's calling out for Shabbos. It's saying, I need Shabbos. I need Shabbos. The response, the response to a generation that's calling out for Shabbos is to us, for me and you, to create a Shabbos, to create Shabbos to attach ourselves to the Zmiris of Shabbos, the Tfilis of Shabbos, the beautiful three different Tfilis on Shabbos, the different Tfilis, the different Zmiris and Shabbos, to find mm-hmm. out what they're saying, what do they mean, to study Shabbos. There are beautiful Svarim that have come out about Shabbos. Reb Pincus has beautiful, beautiful Torah about Shabbos Kodesh. Some of the people who influenced our generation handed us a much more emotional, a much more profound, you have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any daf in shas, including myramakaymas on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.